Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insight into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. For the last uh, few moments, I've been sitting in and just looking at pictures and memory stones, reflecting over the faithfulness, the goodness, and the kindness of God throughout the year 2023. I'm in a season of dreaming about what God is going to do in 2024, but I cannot afford to looking into the future without first reflecting on what God has already done. And as I started to look all the way back from actually December of this time last year and looking at uh, actually we were in uh, Pakistan and then later on in Cuba, but watching some of that as we moved into this new year. And you have certain new year goals and certain things that you may be hoping and expecting. And then all these different curveballs comes in. And before you know what you realize and that God is about to use all of those things out for good because you love him and you're called according to his purpose. So let me give you just a couple of highlights from this last year. And the reason we are doing this is for all of us to know, here are some of the things that God is doing. Here's where we get to be involved in it. Here are some of the things that has been an answer to his prayer. Here are some of the testimony of Jesus that is a spirit of prophecy, that when we release that, hopefully it's going to give you some faith, it's going to give you some hope, and it's going to give you some love. That's one of my intentions today. Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love, according to the scripture. So a couple of uh, things that came closely to my mind right away, and that was looking back at Pakistan, that actually this last year has been hit, probably some of the hardest, and I've had some of these words uh, about what God was about to do in Pakistan and in especially Kashmir. But also, as last year when we went through the season with what happened in Afghanistan, my heart has also been with the Taliban. So it's strange that you moved into this year with this big, big tension of two things that is impossible. One of them had to do with the 23 million women and girls behind the veil. And the other one has to do with Kashmir. That actually quite a few years ago, after about 15, 16 years in preparation, we went into Kashmir, got favor both with the president and also with the prime minister of Kashmir, which is right border region there of, of uh, India and Pakistan, which has been a conflict zone since 1947. So you've been dreaming of this. And then it seemed again that after we got favor, we were about to release some of the ministries that God wanted to do in Kashmir. Then new election came in. Both that prime minister and the president was gone. And we kind of was left empty and it didn't seem like anything was going to happen. So anyway, so in the end of 2022, I started to sense that stir in the spirit, similar like I'm doing right now, I stir in the spirit for what is coming up next. And am I willing to say yes to him? There had already been one of these major encounters on the floor in Brazil while I was with Randy Clark and Heidi Baker. And during that meeting, I was again placing my life in the offering plate. But the two things that came to my mind again was the Kashmir. 
And especially I saw there's 130 unreached people groups. If you're putting together both the Indian and the Pakistani side and these regions that has been so oppressed and has been in conflict, a beautiful, beautiful place of the world. But all those people that are lost, that has not experiencing his love. And the other thing that was intention for me was what's going on in Afghanistan. And so those two things came into me as I moved into January and January started and started to dream. So that will be the testimony first of all, like, and I cannot give you the details of it, but it was about 11 different things that took place. And some of them was just some steps of obedience where some of the heroes on the front line over there, as well as some of the Muslim leadership that God has given me favor with through all of the the process of just dreaming with God, taking one baby step at a time in obedience, just following Jesus, these doors open up. And to make the story short, that was one of the highlights when I'm looking back at 2023. And I was looking at when I was meeting with Taliban leadership, sat there, was able to share heart, even handed one of my books. And again, this favor came into Afghanistan in this season of something that seemed totally impossible a couple of years ago when everything started to look bad. And then about a year ago, this giant was so big, but now I'm full of faith, hope, and love because the relationship that God has built and the love that started to show, the love that I started in my heart towards them was actually the very seed that started the transformation. And now the favor has come in, a favor for us to be able to do something. We also minister to the earthquake victims when there was an earthquake. The old paradigm for me was, a, well, that's the judgment of God because of looking at the evil they did instead of weeping over a nation that is experiencing devastation and then realizing that they are not the enemy. There's only one enemy and that's not the people. And then when the love came in towards them, that started my process of receiving favor with God and favor with men. So this was just one of the big, big highlights when I stepped in there and I have a beautiful picture with the Taliban leadership, seeing the Taliban flag, and also me being able to present the Love Awakening book uh, that, uh, that one of the key leaders is reading right now. So I just wanted to, uh, to thank some of you that has been praying and even planted seed towards that because the impossible is actually possible. And the other one that I mentioned, Kashmir, we went there actually and did this International Peace and Harmony Conference in Kashmir. And there was quite a few obstacles. I had a friend named Jonathan, from Texas who went with me on this trip. And uh, the granny mom, the top Muslim leader in Pakistan, with his family, we went there. And they had organized, and again, uh, it is 11 trips that the granny mom had gone back and forth to be able to set up, to build a trust, to build a relationship. And we were supposed to work with the prime minister of Kashmir, but then when Imran Khan in Pakistan fell down and actually was put in jail and things started to happen, Again, there was a curveball. Uh, so we actually started to work with the president. Uh, and by the way, I got to meet the prime minister and we went to his home, had a special dinner, and it was also a very significant time. But when we got there the first night in Kashmir, uh, we stayed at the Pearl Continental Hotel, but then uh, they came there with the security guards and everything else and took us to have dinner 
meeting with the president of Kashmir, meeting with some of the parliament, military leaders, government leaders, and it was significant just to be able to now, after years and years again of dreaming, just sitting down and doing life and building trust and relationship. And the next day was the big event where people actually came in from all over. There was international leaders, but also the leaders from all the different Muslim fractions and groups, both primarily on the Sunni side, but some on the Shia, top Sikh, there was these different leaders together. And then the highlight, you should have seen the atmosphere of about 400 imams and women with burqas in the room, and then to be able to present the language of love in this atmosphere. And actually four or five times, they just erupted in, in joy as I was just sharing about the love that God has towards them. And the president was sitting right in the front of me and we sat down and we talked. And we actually found that we have a mutual friend from Norway a long, long time ago that he knew. He said, do you know so-and-so? And I said, yes, I do. And we just connected on a special level. And it again opened up favor. And I believe that there's a door. And my dream, if you imagine for 2,000 years that there's been these unreached areas where the gospel has never been before. And now it seems like God again continued to open it up. And as many of you know, this is what my life is all about. Romans 15, 20, when Paul had his holy ambition, he said, oh, I have this ambition to preach Christ Jesus where he has not yet been preached, lest I build on anybody else's foundation. I don't want to share Jesus where Jesus has been before, because then I will build on somebody else's foundations. I will take Jesus to the ones that has never heard Jesus. That's why we started Global Mission Awareness. That's what we're all about. And now we had an opportunity the last part of that meeting, that day with all those leaders, I was brought back again up to the podium. I says, can you pray? And prayed. And it was beautiful just to sense and feel the presence of Jesus just filling up that room. And then afterwards, all these doors has opened up. The favor has come in. And my heart would be is to doing a healing meeting. And then the next thing is actually to coming in with lighthouses of love. Oh, what would this look like that those 130 unreached areas is going to be able to have a lighthouse of love where people is going to know how good God is and how loved they are to experiencing a God just like Jesus. So I'm just putting that in place. Thank you. It is amazing. God is doing something. Habakkuk 1.5 says, look among the nation and see what I am doing and be utterly amazed because I'm going to do something in your days. You wouldn't believe it if you were told. To change the scenery and moving to a totally different place. Micah, my assistant, we were heading down to a small little place in Destin, Florida, driving through the state of Georgia. We were heading in there and, and it's a small setting. Dave and Alicia is having a little school of ministry there, as well as a church. Alicia used to work here in the office with us, and they were spiritual son and daughter. But the reason this is a little significant, because a few weeks earlier, we have had a person who has become a dear friend named Stephen Robertson. And Stephen Robertson is one of the most incredible, uh, you can call him specialists, and dedicated his life for the next generation, especially the Gen Z. Wrote actually a book called Alien Among You. And he came in here, 
But the months before, I felt a stir in my spirit. This is before things started to happen at, uh, at Asbury. Uh, this is before there was a move among young people. But I've just had this thing that I'm also supposed to invest my life and it is time to invest in the next generation and especially the Gen Z to be able to see the mission virus for them to wake up with purpose and passion, to know their identities and they could step into their destiny. So I could feel God inviting me into this. But again, I realized I, I feel like I'm a little bit too old for authenticity. I knew, uh, so, so I struggled. But when he came here and he started to share, uh, I was so convicted because he brought a couple of lines that you have about eight seconds to get their attention. And the eight second is not just to get through their filter system, but it's actually to connect to the heart. So there's an openness. And if you do not, that door will be shut. But if you get on the inside, how are you able to stay on the inside so you can build trust and now win favor? And then I felt the Holy Spirit just reminded me, it says, just like I have been teaching you the language of love and also teaching you how to be able to minister to the Muslim, I'm also going to teach you to minister to the Gen Z. And I minister to some young people, but I, I just, this stir was in my spirit. I started to weep for that generation. I started to look in and learn more about them, looking at YouTube and even some other things outside my own area. I have, of course, Micah with me that is that generation because my own kids are millennials. So it's a little bit different. But anyway, when he shared some of the things he did, again, there was that leap in the spirit. So the story is now we are in Destin. And there was a lot of young people, which I did love. Kids, small little setting but it was one girl it was in the end of the night the spirit of god was moving and many many people were touched but the pastor came over dave and said hey you see this girl you didn't pray for her you prayed for everybody else but not her and i was thinking she kind of was sitting back and didn't seem like she wanted prayer or didn't want to connect so i was just thinking but i'm not going to force myself and then somebody else came up to me and again remind me hey there's one more person before you leave so finally, I just decided I'm going to go over to her. And when I went over and I started to talk, and sometimes it is that one that makes a difference. You do not realizing that when you come to an event, there can be a thousand people, a hundred people, but God sent you for that one. And that was one of those moments. It was that one person. It was not just what God was able to do through me to touch her, but it was the opposite of somebody that I realized and became a prototype, being a picture of the very thing that God has called me. And what I've certainly, you have authority over what you love, but also have authority what you weep over. And that was part of what took place here that day, is the tears that came in as a result. So I stood in the front of her and I asked her name and would hardly say it. It was just, it almost felt like rudeness first, but it was this kind of a stoic feel. And finally was able to share and try to connect, but it was hard to connect. And I just stood and I started again to feel the love but also to feel some of the brokenness. I stood before her, didn't say many words, and suddenly she went over, leaped, and grabbed around me, and squeezed and hugged, and wouldn't let go. And we just stood there. And it was just this thing in me. Something was taking place. Some of the Father's heart that was not just for her, but maybe up to about 50%, 52% of the world's population that are younger than 32. She is the representative. She represents that generation. And I realized that that day there were some keys that God was going to give to reach that generation, including today I just said yes to a large youth event uh, with about 4,500 young leaders in South America. Uh, this week, Mike and myself, we're heading to the Philippines to meet with 3,500 youth and young leaders. So I'm talking about something that's happened since then and things that I'm saying yes to came as a result of this 
girl. As we stood there and we started to connect and talk, I found out uh, that the parents were standing around and they were teared up. And they said, we have not seen that because she doesn't show affection, doesn't show love. Found out that she had been adopted. And I do not remember all the details of the story and it is not that important. But the important part was that the language of love again was touching and something was connecting. The eight second rule, somehow she opened up the door and let me inside that door. And uh, and the parents was just blown away. I found out twice she's tried to take suicide. And again, learned to find a story that was behind the story. The parents had left California to come to Florida, even to getting away. But watching her and watching the hope to come back, the faith to come back, the love to come back, but also to watching her, looking into her eyes, realizing that even in regard to the spirit of adoption, how Papa God wants her. And I realized there's a whole generation out there that want also to be on Papa God's most wanted poster. They want something that is authentic. They want something that is real. They want something to wake up in the morning and uh, fall in love with a God actually that is in love with them. And, and having purpose and having passion and live for something bigger than himself. But many of them have been locked up. This person, some of it had to do with the past. Some of the things has to do with a lie of the enemy. Some of it had to do with so many things that has come against that person and the opposition. But there was an identity theft that is taking place where the enemy has stolen the identity. And that was part of what God did that day. I want you to take the labels that the enemy has given and put them to real labels so that each one of them can see themselves the way that I see them. And that started the process in this that now have led to over and over again, everywhere we go, I see young people, I see youth, I see that age group of being set on fire. And we are seeing right now, I call it ankle deep of this river, ankle deep. And it's going to touch the knees, the loins, but it's going to sweep across the world. And we're going to see a whole new movement, similar like what we saw with the Jesus movement. So I'm putting that in place. And let me put one more story that's connected to that because about six months before that, which was back in 2022, I had received an email of somebody that wanted to see me and see me before they died. And then there was another round. And then eventually Kaylee, my assistant, brought the letter and put it on my desk out here and said, hey, there's this person. I think you should see it. And on the letter said that he is the founder of the Vineyard Movement. And the next day I talked to Randy Clark. I said, Randy, there is this person. And he, he said he was the founder of the Vineyard Movement, but that's John Wimber. And Randy said, no, 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 life. John Wimber got it later on. It was a man named Ken Gullickson. Ken Gullickson is the founder of the Vineyard Movement, and he is the very one that uh, started the first Vineyard churches. He actually led Bob Dylan to Jesus, Larry Norman to Jesus, Keith Green got saved in the whole. I started to hear the story, and I was like, wow, contacted the person. And again, the reason that's also an important part of the journey, what I feel like God is doing in this season. Ken Gullickson and Joni became very good of their friends. I visited them. And then early this year, my wife and I went there to visit them. And I got to sit and hear the story about a very similar situation. These hippies, they came into their home. They were key players in what was happening during the Jesus movement. And they knew Lonnie Frisbee, they knew all of those people. And sitting behind the scene and hearing this story about the transformation that was taking place. But they went back again and talked about the love message that was the major key that changed those hippies. But the biggest issues that was missing, and I felt this pain, and that is so many of them, they were fatherless. They had father deficiency. They had father hunger. And if we could kind of do this all over again, because most of us was not father than mother. So we were leading these people. We were discipling people, but they didn't have healthy kingdom family. They didn't have 
So when I heard that story, it was also connected to the bigger picture. As we started in January, on my birthday, we were in their home, singing my happy birthday on January 13th, and we sat there in the home. But that also gave me a picture as God started to connect me with people. And then I started to see the movie about the Jesus movement and Calvary Chapel and Lonnie Frisbee and all of that. And I just saw the connection that there is coming another Jesus movement, but this time they're not going to be fatherless. And there is going to be fathers and mothers in their life so that they can grow again. And you can see a generational move that the next revival that is coming is going to be a family revival. And God is going to restore the father's hearts towards the children and children's hearts towards the father. And that's what's going to stop the curse that is in the land. So that is also the putting into perspective. I do believe that we are seeing right now, including this week, there's a move of God's spirit of the next generation in Gen Z. And it's going to be movement like we've never seen it before. So I just want to encourage you also to fasten the seatbelt. And so we are committed even in Pakistan after 28 years, we are in a transition with Dr. Marcus Fida, who's been with me for 28 years. His son is going to start to take over. So we're looking at the next generation is going to start to take over and it is going to start to lead. And we're going to walk alongside, but not controlling, but we're going to lead beside of them. And we're going to see that next generation also getting that torch and they're going to run the race that is set before them. And they are also going to run and they're going to finish well. So join me, 52% of the population in the world is younger than 30 years old. And uh, as I'm saying, it is so much better to build children and youth than to fix adults. And it costs so much less. So this is also a season for us to invest in the next generation. So I'm saying yes to a lot of events right now to empowering the youth leaders, empowering the people to have a mission virus, the ambassadors of love, the next mission force for the darkest mission field. And the majority of those is going to be these young people that is going to capture the mission virus, just like the Moravians that is going to pay a price to be able to see a Jesus that is worthy. That is not just a savior. They want the Lord, but they want to get to know a real Jesus and to have an encounter with a Jesus so that the world can see a God that looks like Jesus in and through them. So they are hungry and they are thirsty and we're coming with fresh bread not yesterday's bread not tomorrow's bread with fresh bread for today so i just wanted to put that into you as a, as a prayer request because as we're moving into next year there's going to be more and more heading towards the next generation investing in the next generation and also to pour into this new youth movement that is spreading across the world let me change the topic and talk a little bit about some of the crisis that we faced this year because I felt there were some giants that we woke up with. One of them was the big flood that hit Pakistan. Many of you remember 45 to 50 million people were impacted. I still remember the very morning we woke up and the pictures and the videos from around the world, from CNN, including what came on my phone and all over the place. Uh, people went devastation. So what are we going to do? It was in a season where we had to again change what we were doing and all hands on deck, all of us got involved and we had to just step in to join God in what he's doing. I looked at some of the picture and I get teared up thinking about it because from the earthquake in Pakistan to the floods from, we were helping with thousands of tents for people, rebuilding hundreds of homes, feeding tens of thousands of people, helping our pastors and our leaders rebuilding their life. When I started to see what God was doing, just using us, 
We took the few loaves and fishes that we had, but when I watched the pictures and the videos, we fed the multitudes and we were able to see the fruits and the result of that. So I just again wanted to thank God when I'm looking at that, we did make a difference. We did make an impact. We were able to bring Jesus in the middle of that crisis and that situation over and over again. And some of you gave two, three, four times sowing into this, but it does make a difference. And there was no, it was not just the Christian or the persecuted church. We reached out to the Muslims. We reached out into the mosque and we spent about 50% of all the money that came in towards helping over there, making sure that was done through the Muslim organization since 97% of the nation is Muslim. We wanted some of our Muslim friends to say, no, we care about you. We're gonna help you to help your people. We're gonna love on you. And one of them, he said, why would you do this? I mean, you guys are Christian. Why would you do that? I said, because we love you, because Jesus loves you. And when you are hurting, we are hurting because we are family. And so we just, I just wanted to thank God for what was taking place even in regard to not just that, but also what happened in Ukraine. We were able to work with some of our friends to be able to minister in Ukraine. And then helping our friends like uh, uh, our friend Sean Malone and Crisis Response International, what was happening in, in, uh, in, in Turkey and Syria. So suddenly in the middle of this last year, it's been the biggest year for GMA in regard to six worldwide crises, including the hurricane. And that's also when the hurricane hit Cuba, hit Bahamas, and again, our people responded. So again, I just want to share that the goodness and kindness of God has led to mass repentance around. And sometimes when these crisis moment comes in, what the enemy meant for evil, God still wants to use that for good. So that was another one of the highlight of this year. Then we had the opportunity, a couple of small little things, and we're going to land this. I hope this excites you because it sets us up for 2024 that I believe is going to be the greatest year that we've ever seen. It's going to be dark, but in the middle of it, we're on the light business. So fasten your seatbelt. We're heading into a bumpy road, but it's going to look very good if you have established your life and you build your life up on rock, up on the solid rock, Christ the solid rock, not up on sand, because in the middle of all of the storms, what is taking place, the things that is unshakable in our life is going to still continue to stand. And that's what we have to minister from that very place to a wall that is searching and is looking for God like Jesus. We saw a major move of God's Spirit again in Brazil. Now I had the honor again going two times to Brazil in the middle of the revival in Brazil. We just came from Brazil. And again, to see the signs, wonders, and miracles, to see the passion, to see the fire of God on a whole generation. And literally right now, God is just moving in such a way in Brazil. But we are also now have the opportunity to connect the greatest light to the darkest places. Planet Shakers Australia was another one of those highlights and I look forward we're going to be back again at Planet Shakers next year. Equippers International in New Zealand when the Equippers came in for the Shout Conference 3,500 mainly young leaders again there was an explosiveness. It is a year we've seen so much signs, wonders, and miracles. But what we are also seeing that God is raising up a unity and he is bringing together different streams into a mighty river. Why is he doing that? Why has he blessed us so much in the middle of everything that is going on? And it is for one single purpose so that we can fulfill the great commission so that his last command can become our first priority. The reason he has blessed us in this way, the reason that he is just bringing us together is eventually so that we're going to finish the unfinished task. And that is the gospel of Jesus to every person and a church, a lighthouse of love, the kingdom 
to every ethnic group, to every people group. Why is that going to happen? So that Jesus can come back. And in the book of Revelation, here we see them. And we're heading towards that pace. We still have some time to go. So just get involved. This is not to look at the watch. This is the time to look at the harvest. And the harvesters are ready. But we can now see for the first time, we're the only generation that have had an opportunity to fulfill the Great Commission. And in the book of Revelation, they are represented from every nation, every tongue, every tribe, and they are worshiping, worthy is the Lamb. If they are going to be in heaven, and you're going to see billions in heaven that is worshiping, then there's only one way they can be in heaven, and that is to meet Jesus here on earth, because He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by Him. But now, we need to make sure that everybody is going to know this good news. And good news is only good news if it gets there on time. Let me say that one more time. The good news, the gospel, is only good news if it gets there on time. They are waiting and we are going. And together, we are making a kingdom impact. I can't wait to give you the end of the year impact report. I can't wait to give you the investment report so you can look at your eternal portfolio. It is looking very, very good this year. And we get ready to invest in 2024, which there's no doubt about it's going to be the best year that we've ever seen in regard to the kingdom of God. So in the middle of all the darkness happening in the Middle East, and even some of the darkness you're experiencing in your life, this is a season to arise and shine for your light has come. God bless you, and I'm excited to dream with you. And then to give you the 2024 dreams and vision for that year, and how you can be part of it, how you can pray, how you can give, and how you can go together with us. Together, we are making a difference. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif Hetland on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.